It's time for the Stock Car Show on the Performance Motorsports Network. Powered by the staff at Race Chaser Online. Your motorsports, your way, every day. And now, here's your host, Tom Baker. It's like everybody thinks I'm a genius, and we just all of a sudden made this happen on its own. But, you know, basically, we had a rear window brace fail. You know, the bottom of the glass got stiffened up, and the T-bar is stiff, and then the center brace that holds that T-bar is what bent and failed. And the T-bar ends up being stronger than the back of the roof at that point and then pulled the back of the roof down. But, you know, uh, it's not something that we wanted to happen. Uh, You definitely don't want the back of the roof sharp. You want the back of the roof round, and uh, you want that to be a smooth transition. So, you know, I think everybody thinks that it helped. Uh, I would suggest that it probably didn't help. The car was plenty fast enough before that happened, and I think everybody in the garage knows that, and it's just something we need to put behind us and move on. Survey says, Steve Ovens from Motorsports Madness. What do you have to say about this? Guys, nothing, and I mean nothing, on these cars are not built to not serve a certain purpose. If we're naive to think, that these guys aren't smart enough to build parts that purposely break that give them a certain advantage on a certain part of the car. We're very naive. Number one, you know, we're getting to the point now where things are being purposely built to break to gain an advantage. And number two, I think this shows a little bit of a hole in that whole laser process that something like this couldn't be, you know, detected. Survey says... Guys, nothing. Yeah, that's more like it. Welcome to the Stock Car Show, and this is where we begin another evening of motorsports conversation here on the Performance Motorsports Network, sitting around the round table inside the Race Chaser PMN Studios in Race City, USA, mm-hmm. Mooresville, North Carolina, talking about this craziness that is going on that has caused NASCAR to penalize Kevin Harvick and his team with an L1 penalty. I am Tom Baker. My cohort is Jacob Seelman. Chris Murdoch also with us via the Race Chaser Skype line. And we have Bill behind the glass. Bill Holt from the Carolina School of Broadcasting. And guys, we had a little fun at uh, Rodney Childers' expense, but look, if NASCAR sees fit and thinks that this was enough of an issue to issue an L1 penalty, which was formerly known as encumbering the win. uh, Actually, it wasn't. Uh, L1 and L2 are just the penalty structures. The win would be encumbered regardless of which penalty it was. But see, it's not encumbered anymore because NASCAR took that word out of the rule book. You know what? You know what? You know what? I don't care what NASCAR (laughs) did or didn't do. I think the word is funny. Therefore, I'm going to keep using it. Doggone it. So basically, he can't he can't do anything with the win. It's he, useless. He, he won, but he it didn't did. win. It's kind of like that win Joey Logano had last year, Chris. Uh, it became useless, Ooh, and it came wow. back to bite him, too, later in the season because they never really did recover. In this case, I don't think we have to worry hey, too much what? about Hey, guess what? Kevin Harvick, Harvick already has a win, so he's good no matter yeah. what. 
But he's only got one now. So now he's not totally locked in the playoffs, but we can assume. Do we really believe he's going to go another 23 races and not win again? I'm no, sorry. I, I don't believe. In fact, I believe he won't go another one race and not win Chris Thank Murdoch because we're going to Phoenix. <laughs> yeah, we, we had that conversation, you know, over the weekend, Tom, that, uh, the, the the first part of the schedule is is good to that number four machine of Kevin Harvick. Uh, he's good at all these tracks, no matter uh, whether he got that you know win taken away from him over the week or not, or the points I should say taken away from him. The win still stands in the record book. The points just don't count. So uh, he he's still fine. Still got that win in Atlanta. Moving on to Phoenix, where everybody still fears that four car. Uh, so I, I think he's still in pretty good shape. Well, I do too. And the, the interesting thing about this is, uh, you know, the set of circumstances that happened with that whole sort of rear window area, corner of the roof, whatever, of the car, you know, I could understand and appreciate that they necessarily might not have expected that roof to collapse as much as it did. And I'm not even going to say that they built whatever to break or bend or give way. But if you don't have the proper construction of a part of the roof, and correct me if I'm wrong, Jacob, but basically they were, this is what the rule or the penalty was for partially that there was supposed to be aluminum construction and it wasn't constructed of aluminum. I don't really know. I, I, something was done for a purpose, whatever that purpose was, who knows, but something was done wrong for a purpose that this could not be an accident. Okay. Please hold while I consult the NASCAR rule book. Kevin Harvick and the number four team violated two sections of the NASCAR rulebook, section 20.4.8.1, rear window support, and 20.4.18, rocker panel extensions. These things were not as they should have been. A brace that supports the rear window failed and also did not meet specifications for keeping the rear window glass rigid in all directions at all times. Additionally, the rocker panel extension was not aluminum. Yeah. From other media reports that I've consulted today, it was steel. Yeah. And so, as I'm saying, that I can't believe that was a mistake. I'm just not buying it. Now, what kind of an advantage it all ended up being and how much of a difference it made, we'll never really know. But NASCAR thought it was a big enough deal to level an L1 penalty. Correct. Which is not a minor infraction. No, and let's be clear. There's only two pe- levels of penalty in the penalty one structure now. One and two. L2 is basically the sacred three that includes motors, fuel, and right. tires, more or less. But That's Carl Long territory. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> we won't get into that. Anyway, it's still not good, though. Not good at all. We docked them seven playoff points, which equates to the five playoff points for the win and the two playoff points that Kevin got for winning the stages. He lost 20 regular season driver and owner points, which basically amounts to all the stage points that he picked up. He loses his car chief for two races, and Rodney Childers drops 50 grand from his checkbook. Now, the fine doesn't really bother me because Rodney's making more bank than that. It, that's a well, small... a lot of times the team yeah, loses anyway. Yeah, small thing. But 
I'm surprised here that NASCAR elected to just suspend the car chief and not suspend Rodney. Well, just my two cents. I get their reasoning that the car chief plays the prominent role in setting the car up during the course of a race weekend, but the crew chief is the guy that holds this all together. You bump the crew chief from the pit box for two races, you're really getting into some serious penalty, but I got to be honest here. The rocker arm extension was made of a different metal. That's a purposeful act here. Why are we not suspending the crew chief at this point? Well, I would tend to agree, although I see I don't believe that these crew chief suspensions are really that big of a deal at all because you can still communicate from afar. You can communicate by text, you can communicate in a lot of different ways. There are enough very well educated personnel on these teams now that I don't believe that the loss of a crew chief really makes that much of a difference anymore. Not like it would have back in the days of, say, Dale Inman and Richard Petty kind of territory. I think in in this day and age, you know, now granted, if you lose the car chief and the crew chief, you know, those are that that's a pretty big deal. But I just don't think that's I don't think losing the crew chief is that big of a thing. You've got engineers that could practically be crew chiefs. So um, I would I would say that it's fine the way it is. And I also don't believe that that's why Kevin Harvick won the race either. I don't think any of this. I mean, we're having fun with it. And it is obviously a serious thing by the rules, but I don't believe that was the difference between Kevin Harvick winning and losing the race. The, as Childers pointed out correctly, the car was pretty fast before all that happened. Yeah, it's fair, but again... An illegal car is still an illegal sure car is. is still an illegal car. And I will go back to Jeff Gluck's long-running argument. An illegal car should not win a race. Well, see, we can have a whole other discussion about that because that's that's different from what we, we're talking about I know, here. I know. That so I, 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 I totally to to agree that with that general policy that, that if you're illegal, you finish last. You get zero points. You get zero dollars. Yeah. You, get, you get last 40th place or 38th or whatever. Hey, can place. I add something? Sure. So I want to add something because Jim Utter made a really interesting point on Twitter earlier today. Uh, for those who don't know, Jim is one of the NASCAR heads over at motorsport.com and brought to light a set of photos of about four other cars from recent Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series action that had the same issue as Kevin Harvick's car did. Yeah, and see, this is my other part of this whole thing that bothers me a little bit is, you know, we, we've gotten to the point now, and this is kind of the whole age that we live in, isn't it? I mean, everything's on social media. So we have, the, uh-huh. you know, the Twitter police. Uh-huh. And, and you get a photo that starts circulating around somewhere like Reddit. And it forces and, NASCAR and it, to look. It forces NASCAR to look. Meanwhile, four or five other guys have already done the same exact thing. Ding. And this is why I'm saying I don't know how much of an advantage it truly is, but there, were, there was enough reason for NASCAR once they identified the situation. There was enough reason for them to level an L1 penalty. So, you know, these teams honestly, have got to get their act together because they should know by now that anything that's yeah. that obvious, somebody's going to catch it on a camera somewhere. And, yep. you know, you're you're only going to get away with it for just so long. It's amazing to me how these teams will go to any length to to just 
you know, get around the rules and find an advantage. It's it's really uh, and and some of it to me is just a little silly. Like I said, that was pretty obvious. Yeah. Hey, uh, hey, during this first break, I'm going to reference Jim's tweet and find it. And so we can discuss exactly who else has been doing this. Yes. I know we have to take a break before Bill kills. We we do. We have to step aside when we come back. We'll have more conversation from the Newswire. And we've got a big show coming up. Max. Mad Max back on the show. Max Tolman going to be joining us again here shortly. Riley Herbst going to be joining us as well. And we've got both Alan Dietz from the past tour and Tony Stevens from the Cars Tour joining us to talk about their upcoming shows around the turn. So we've got a packed show. Stay right where you are. We're just getting started. You're listening to the Stock Car Show presented by our fine friends at HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444. Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! (gasps) It's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text. Stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Here's an important message from Rad and this station. Hi, this is Bob Sheehan from Blues Traveler for Rad, recording artists against drunk driving. I like to party just as much as the next guy, maybe even more. But the one thing I won't do after I've had a few is get in the car and drive. Don't blow it. Always choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives and so should you. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. Hi, I'm Noah Gregson. 
and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show on the PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. It is presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety, and we are going to be live from HMS Motorsport next Thursday, one week from today, for the first of our four uh, driver safety seminars. If you have a driver or racer safety or safety equipment question, then feel free to send it to us via Twitter. Go to the PMN Radio Twitter or the Three Wide Life Twitter. Post your question and hashtag it, Ask HMS. And it can be anything. It can be belts, seats, anything that is a racer safety question. And we'll look through those and maybe pull some of them for next Thursday night's show. So we are going to be live next Thursday night from HMS Motorsports. Should be fun. Tom Baker, Jacob Seelman, Chris Murdoch with you here this evening. And we're talking motorsports. Bill Holt from the Carolina School of Broadcasting Behind the Glass. We've been, we were talking in the first segment about the whole debacle with uh, Kevin Harvick's window. And I just was thinking over the break, wasn't it at Daytona? last year that the 78 team had some sort of a somewhat similar issue with a part of the car that was I don't caved in or broke or something. Exactly. It was an odd thing. Uh, but I seem to recall that the 78 had a an issue of some sort that went on during that whole, um, whole, whole deal last year at Daytona. I want to say maybe... Um, it was before or after qualifying. I'm not sure, but we can look that up. But also, as you mentioned before the break, Jacob, Jim Hunter had posted four photos of cars that had, have had issues similar to Harvick. Uh, I think this season so far or very recently, this um, would be the 88 of Alex Bowman. It would be the 18 of Kyle Busch. It would be the 3 of Austin Dillon. And it would be the 78 of Martin Truex Jr. Okay. Who, oddly enough, so, we yeah. just mentioned. So, and I think I wanted to say that it was last year at Daytona. And I might be wrong. It was last year at Daytona. And that was in the template section with the roof flaps. Yeah, that's right. The roof flap wouldn't stay flat or yes. something. Yes, yes. That's it. You know, you just you look at these things and you have to laugh because you say, well, I mean, who knows? Maybe the roof flap wasn't meant to do what it did. But you just kind of have to chuckle at some of these teams because, again, they're getting more and more creative with how they find ways to gain an advantage. But something like this that harvick is doing and messing with the window it's easy to spot it's like guys you know if you're gonna cheat at least make make it harder for them to find it and try to keep it away from wandering cameras but um very very interesting what took place there and obviously we'll see what happens at phoenix but i i feel like the four of kevin harvick certainly goes into phoenix regardless of any of this is the favorite and you know, and maybe even into Fontana, for that matter, 
as He's won there before, it, you know, as the favorite. So it, it could be a long next couple of weeks. Yes, that's my response to that. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> lots of detail there. Okay, it's, no, oh, we, it's going to be a long we, couple of weeks. We will move right along in the absence of that because the, it wasn't only Rodney Childers who kind of sparked interest with press conference or radio conversation post-race and during the week. It was also from the truck series, Brett Moffitt having some pointed comments about um, an incident that involved himself and a lap truck and Myatt Snyder. Yes, I believe he called lap trucks uh, behaving the way they were behaving, quote, unacceptable, end quote. Yeah, but he called Myatt Snyder a few things, too. He did, actually, he called Myatt Snyder out is yeah. what he did. He yeah. basically blamed Myatt for the incident that led to him and Michel Dizdier getting together and ultimately costing him the lead and possibly the win to one Kyle Busch, who went on to win the race. And Myatt was almost three laps down. I do kind of see where Brett was coming from, no disrespect to Myatt, but when you're almost three laps down, there's no need to side draft and race the no. leaders as hard as he was. Even if you get lucky to catch a caution, you still only get back to one lap down. And the way that race was playing out, my advice to Myatt is, and it's not your day. It's not your day. Just yeah, let the leaders race. Let the leaders race and know that when you're in that position, it'll come back to you. Chris, that was uh, a super spectacular race at Vegas that the Truck Series put on. Almost looked like something you'd see at Daytona. Uh, I, I agree. You know, three wide racing, you know, pack racing. It was They were all over the place. I, everybody was loving it. I, I really, really think it was one of the best truck races in, in you know, recent races that you've actually had everybody going like, unlike a, you know, Daytona or Talladega where you, you would put them on that track and then they can just go at it and, and throw everything they have at it. And that's exactly what we saw at Vegas. Can we put Chris, the doubts that may be lingering with some people about Brett Moffitt and his level of competition in comparison to the rest of the series. Can we put those doubts to rest that he's going to be in this to win this for the entire season? Um, I, I see what you did there. You're referencing my comments from last week about, uh, that's exactly what I'm doing. Yeah. About him, uh, not being in it. He's, I'm glad he, you were he's good. He's, got out of, of that. He, he's, uh, he, he's good right now. I will give him that. He he's proven he's proven me wrong, which I'm all for. Prove me wrong. Go out there, do your business, win win you some races. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I I can jump on on the Moffat train now. He he's proved me that uh he can he can hang up there with the best. He he can he's got a temper, but it's it's in the right reasons. Just like Jacob said, you know, when you're when it's not your day, it's not your day. Just let him go. Uh, so. I will mark Chris down for a bandwagon ride uh, with the 16 truck in the future. And uh, Jacob, this whole series now gets a little bit of a breather before we crank things up again at Martinsville. Can we expect any less at Martinsville than what we saw at Vegas? (laughs) It's Martinsville. What do you think my answer is going to be? What 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 is my answer supposed to be other than duh? If Moffat Moffat ends up on the bumper of Myatt Snyder, it could be kind of interesting. Do you think? Well, 
there's going to be a lot of people end up on a lot of other people's bumpers. Yeah, so. it's, this has really started out to be quite a season for the trucks, and I, I think I don't think we quite expected. Certainly, we didn't expect Moffitt to do what he's doing, I, and I I don't know that we quite expected the overall level of competition to be what it has been the first couple of races. But honestly, I think that. If you look at the way that this Vegas race just went and you factor in that we're, we're likely to see much more of, for example, Joe Nemechek in the eight truck, we hope anyway, when John Hunter can't run it, if they can just keep the team funded. What I hear is that they're running the eight truck for the, for owner's, the owner's championship, championship yeah. one way or another. So, I mean, I think with with situations like that and... You know, again, a few of these surprises like Brett Moffitt, this could be a far more competitive championship chase than maybe what we were thinking. And I certainly right now am not at all comfortable saying that I think any one team has an advantage over the others based on what I've seen the first few weeks. I'm not so sure I agree with that. Just Do saying. you think KBM is that much better than everybody else? I think they have exhibited a bit of an advantage. I won't say they're head and shoulders above everybody else, but I do think they have a bit of an edge right now. Just my two cents. We'll see. I just, uh, Chris, I don't, I don't really see uh, KBM having or showing any great advantage. I know that Kyle obviously had a good shot at Atlanta, and it didn't. <laughs> the wheel fell off, and then um, you know he did win this last race, but he certainly was by no means dominating and um there were a number of trucks that i thought were fast enough to pull it off you're you're exactly right tom i I don't think kbm is above or the elite in the truck series anymore you know you've got some of these drivers that have proved that they can they can hold their own and that they can can do it now i i am excited and i'm holding off my my full opinion on the truck series as a whole until i see how they run at a short track here at martinsville in a few weeks you know that'll be an an interesting uh tell to see how these these truck drivers are really going to go at it because like you mentioned vegas was was a really good show and even you know daytona and all that everything was so good i'm excited to see what they do on the short track racing because we know how uh you know bumpy those trucks can get sometimes and how aggressive those drivers can get so oh, I, it's going to be interesting well i don't even worry about that they, they always put on a show at martinsville that's often better than most of the time in my opinion better than the cup race so i i don't see any issue with that but i just look at as i said guys like brett moffitt the the surprisingly strong start Stuart friesen has had you know you look at some of these teams that you weren't really talking about before the season started i'm not mm-hmm. saying kbm still isn't the best team out there I just don't think that they're unstoppable at this point. At least they haven't shown it through the first three races. I think there are more competitive trucks than what we thought there were going to be. And when you go to some of these tracks like Martinsville, this is where a guy like Stuart Friesen could jump up mm-hmm. and pull off a win. And so uh going to be very interesting to see what happens here as we go forward with the truck series. Yeah. We'll step aside when we come back. We are going to chat with Max Tolman. He's got an expanded ARCA series schedule, and Max is also a road course guy, which makes him twice as much fun, in my opinion, to talk to. Max going to join us around the turn. You're listening to the Stock Car Show, presented by HMS Motorsport on the Performance Motorsports Network. 
Do you love the sound of high revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels, new to intermediate, to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves the majority of Monster Energy NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, Camping World Truck, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert Helmets, Schrope Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on only one thing, making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina and Danvers, Massachusetts, the HMS staff is always ready to take the time to help you find the right product for your safety needs. Don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop in to HMS Motorsport. Visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com or send them a message on Facebook and tell them the folks from PMN Radio sent you. What an awesome game. What's up with your car? I don't know. It won't start. How are we getting home? Chill. My parents signed me up for the roadside assistance from Lewis Meineke. It was free with my oil change. They'd come and get the car started or get us home and tow the car to the shop. Good to know. With my driving, my parents never know what to expect. When you join the Meineke Car Care Club with a $35 preferred service, you get four free months of roadside assistance, including tire change, battery jump, lockout service, towing, and more. Contact Lewis Meineke, located on Route 1, or call 827-2054. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, is a lung disease that robs people of their ability to breathe. As many as 24 million Americans suffer from COPD, also known as chronic bronchitis or emphysema, and half of them don't know they have the disease. If you or someone you love is over 35 and has smoked more than 100 cigarettes in their lifetime, visit driveforcopd.org and take the screener, then take that to your doctor. I'm Jeff Stoltz, and I drive for COPD. Hi, this is Austin Terrio, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. You know, that's funny. I, I set this up earlier today, and that wasn't even intentional. The fact that we have the ARCA champion bringing us back into an ARCA segment. 
Well, uh, nonetheless, it occurred. Welcome <laughs> back to the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. Visit them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com or at either of their two locations in Danvers, Massachusetts, or right here in Mooresville, North Carolina. Tom Baker, Jacob Seelman, around the round table inside the Race City USA PMN Studios. Chris Murdoch via Skype. And joining us via the Race Chaser Hotline is none other than Max Tolman. We welcome Max back again. We had spoken with Max, uh, well, talking about Daytona. Now, Max gets to drive some more for Mason Mitchell Motorsports. Max, welcome back to the show, and congratulations on the expanded schedule. That's pretty cool. Thank you, guys. Yeah, I'm really uh, really excited and um, blessed to have some more races with Mason Mitchell. Now, you've got to, obviously, I think probably most people know you for what you do on road courses, but you're trying to expand your oval track schedule here. Talk a little bit about what uh, races you've added and, and really kind of how this impacts your overall season's race schedule from that standpoint yeah for sure um so just really just trying to get my feet wet this year and then the, the goal is to to be able to be in a series next year full-time and so we've really uh worked hard and tried to set a bunch of tracks that i get approval process set and um finished for by the end of this year so we really added a bunch of intermediate tracks. Um, the first one I'll be doing, with, or the next one I'll be doing with Mason Mitchell will be Talladega. Uh, and then we head to Charlotte, and I believe Michigan, or Pocono. Um, then we have Chicago Land, and then Iowa. And, and you know, you've got a really good crew with you, good crew chief uh, as well. You know, who has really uh, had a you know, great run in, in the cup series and stuff, uh, uh, you know, with Dale senior and how talk about your and Doug, you know, Richard's, you know, um, dynamic and what you guys have together. Yeah. Doug and I have been spending a lot of time together, um, off the racetrack as well as when we're at the racetrack. Um, you know, just having that bond with somebody is really, is really, really good. And to have it with Doug Richard, um, it's really just been, been amazing um for for the team for mason mitchell everyone really just meshes along and gets you know good chemistry in the in the shop that's always a good thing but especially at daytona uh, doug made some really good calls and got us back up we uh lost some position um track position uh, maybe back to like 28th place or something like that um with a miscommunication on pit road and we eventually got back to sixth with a damaged right rear quarter panel so um, I credit that work to Doug, and um, he's actually going to have a Porsche race uh, at Sebring next week, and he's never been to one of those races, so he's going to head down with me and experience that, and uh, some more bonding time for him and I, but, you know, off track, we have a lot of fun hanging out, um, and I'm really looking forward to, to working with him for the next X amount of years, so... So the way this is looking, and I hear you say that, Max, and I envision this is something that you guys hope becomes a long-term thing here. Yeah, I've been, I've been, uh, I've known Doug since 2015. I think I met him at the, I think it was the Daytona 500. That was the first time I met him. You know, obviously I've heard about Doug over the years, um, but getting to actually work with him and uh, have a have a goal and have a plan 
for the future with him is is really really special to me and to to the team that we're working with and to my dad as well as uh my whole family we think we all just get along and um have those connections that um really go a long way so i'm really looking forward to to making some more moves for next year and towards the end of this year um not all arca things but you know some more stuff that i've been working on that will be announced in the next few weeks so everybody sees the arca schedule that's growing but i know some of our crowd that's listening may not uh, be as familiar with your exploits on the road racing side and you mentioned getting down to go for uh getting down to sebring for a porsche race during the 12 hours week uh, how different that is compared to what you've been doing in the arca car on the ovals i mean i love sebring it's just one of those historic tracks in this country that you can't help but love it when you see the racing on it talk a little bit about how some of your road racing experiences molded you and, and kind of prepared you for this in some ways yeah for sure um i think it's definitely prepared me for any uh any future road course stuff i do in a stock car um i'm going to be racing new jersey motorsports park in the k n race as well as the watkins Glen race with jpr um and so my past history with porsche racing and spec miata has definitely prepared me for those races uh but i mean it's just it's just totally different racing um it's they're all sprint races now but uh I, they're both equally as not as as fun as you know, driving in circles, but I, I definitely, I'm a little bit biased towards the, the road course uh, side of things. So Sebring is probably, probably my top five favorite road courses. It's definitely uh, tricky because of the bumps uh, down in turn 17, but as far as carrying as much lear- um, learning aspects over to, to stock car road courses, it's, um, you know, you, you can bring the line with you and you can uh, bring your awareness and, and corner apexes and such, but you know, they're just two different cars to drive. You got to back up your your braking points and your um, turning points and change a bunch of things here and there that uh, most people might not realize. How big was it for you guys to uh, get this expanded deal done? I mean, the one race at Daytona obviously proved that there was potential there. Now to have six more to lean on and continue to build this, how how big was that for you and for the team? Yeah, I'm I'm really 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 pleased with how the uh, the Daytona race played out. I know we would have liked to to maybe win the race or even uh, finish in the top five. I know we got P6, but um, to to be working with the guys over at Mason Mitchell and to have that expanded schedule and to have a to have a team owner such as Mason himself and uh, be an ARCA champion, I think it's really helpful for uh, for me on the track and, and for the whole team to be to be growing over the next few years. Um, so. It's it's been an experience, and I'm really looking forward to to get into those uh, Charlotte, Iowa, and, and Pocono tests to to see what the intermediate tracks are like. Which of the tracks, if you've had time to think about them, do you do you have a favorite in the list? I might be partial towards Pocono just because I'm from Pennsylvania, so home. Yeah, maybe, uh, sure. maybe that'll be a good track of mine. Well, they say you kind of drive it similar to a road course at least from a shifting standpoint so there is that yeah bumps a little bit here and there it all works out now what have you learned from mason or what advice has mason given you after seeing how you ran at daytona and and for going forward here 
Yeah, um, I think overall one of the biggest things I've learned from from road course racing in a in a GT3 car uh, with paddle shifters uh, as opposed to a manual um, clutch and uh, four speed um, probably is the turns. Um, it, 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 it's different at Daytona because you're you're wide open, but when you're at a track like Sebring or even the Daytona road course, um, in a road course car, you're going to go into that corner and break as late as you can, and you want to maintenance throttle and get back to the to the gas as soon as you can. But um, I've learned a lot from Mason, and especially uh, the short tracks with JPR, is to, to let the car roll um, through the center of the corner, and um, more as, as I'm used to just getting back to the throttle as fast as I can, which hurts your speed in, in the stock car. So it's been taking me a little bit of time to get used to that but i'm definitely used to it i know that i'm going to go back into the road course cars and i'm going to want to let off the throttle not maintenance uh throttle through there but we'll uh we'll see when i get to practice uh come this wednesday yeah it's definitely a different uh brain for sure and a different set of programming no doubt uh we look forward to seeing you at charlotte that should be a lot of fun i know that you can't do any of this by yourself max so Talk about who helps you make all this happen, whether it's uh, family or sponsors or whoever you'd like to acknowledge. Yeah, I really got to thank. Um, I just want to thank Mason just for just for working so well with uh, my dad and I and the sponsors just to get things on the right track. And then I got to thank Zumi, which is my primary sponsor, and Myota is my secondary sponsor. They've been great, um, getting a lot of emails for from people. To, to the company themselves and uh, people are really interested which is really great but uh, my, my family my, a lot of my friends who've been supportive of me who now become NASCAR slash uh, stock car fans um, bringing them to the racetrack I brought some people to Atlanta Motor Speedway I had a lot of fun so just everyone around me who's, uh, who's watching me and supporting me I, I really got to thank them all well, we appreciate the opportunity to talk with you again, Max. We're looking forward to having you in the studio as soon as uh, we can catch you when you're here in town on a Monday or a Thursday. So uh, we definitely wish you the best for the expanded schedule. Look forward to catching up with you again soon. Thank you, guys. Appreciate having me on the show. That is Max Tolman. We will step aside. When we come back, we'll talk with Riley Herbst right here on the Stock Car Show. You're listening to the show exclusively on PMN the Performance Motorsports Network. Everywhere you go, you hear it, and you see it. It's coming at you through your phone, your tablet, and your computer. It's broadcast from your favorite radio station, TV networks, and cable companies. It's in the stadiums, the arenas, the ballparks. It screams for your attention at the mall. It's interactive on Main Street. It's even coming at you from the gas pump at the nearby convenience store. What is it? It's digital content. It's digital content. It's digital content. Somebody has to create it. Somebody has to manage it. So whether your dream is to write it, design it, create it, call it, produce it, voice it, host it, light it, shoot it, switch it, record it, color correct it, edit it, code it, repurpose it, tweet it, blog it, post it, compress it, upload it, replay it, or make sure it gets to where it's got to go when it's got to get there in the format it's got to be in. You need to attend Carolina School of Broadcasting. The skills you will learn, the experience you will get, and the connections you will make at Carolina School of Broadcasting will open the doors to the career you want in digital content creation and digital content management. Call or come by today. Click csbradiotv.edu. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. 
For less than a month's insurance and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speed, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control, and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. This is a test to find out if you know it all when it comes to children. Name one of the leading killers of U.S. children age 1 to 13. What's the best way to protect children in a car crash? At what age and size should a child start using a booster seat? Don't assume you know it all when it comes to car seats for your child. Go to safercar.gov slash the right seat and know for sure. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Ben Rhodes, and you're listening to the Performance Motorsports Network, the voice of motorsports. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show. I always love that bumper music. Takes me right back to the 70s and Jim Croce. We are talking with uh, Max Tolman in the last segment. This segment, we're going to talk with another member of the ARCA squad for this year. Of course, uh, this young man drives for Joe Gibbs Racing. Riley Herbst joining us via the Race Chaser Hotline now. And it's great to have you back on the show, Riley. And, uh... Definitely excited about what you got going on this season. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. All right, Riley. So let's circle back to last year before we get into what you just did at Daytona and where everything's going. Because I know last year was every bit of what you were hoping for and maybe a little more than what you expected after winning at Pocono about midway through the year. You end up picking up Rookie of the Year just consistency I felt like was the thing that stuck out about your year last year because it seemed like even when you guys were getting close but not winning it was always top five top five top ten top ten you know you guys were always in the mix it seemed like yeah for sure I feel like we had a great year with the win and then the uh, pole award and of course with the rookie of the year I do feel like we could have a little bit better finishes um we I made some rookie mistakes there towards the end of the year, um, had some DNFs, which hurt us. But overall, it was a great year, and we're really looking forward to this year. What do you got, What do you feel like that you guys as a team learned last year that is helping you already going into this year from a chemistry standpoint, a car standpoint, you as a driver? I mean, what was the biggest thing that you guys took from last year and really used that as the springboard to start this year? Well, I feel like it's everything in general. It's uh, me as a second-year driver now, um, having the experience under my belt, but also um, all my guys. They've never been ARCA racing before, neither of high, so we just know what it takes to go ARCA racing. Um, it's way different on the outside looking in, I'll tell you out firsthand. So um, we're just more experienced, we're more prepared, um, and we're really ready to get after it this year. What was the biggest thing that surprised you last year? I'm curious. I... It's it's difficult to explain. Um, it's really fast paced these races, these race weekends. Are, um let's get chop chop, get going, all this stuff. And um, I feel like that was just tough um, for us to grasp 
and um, how back-to-back-to-back in the summer months ARCA racing is um, with the schedule so tightly, which I love. It's just it was, took a toll on us, and we weren't ex- ready or expected it, but um, I feel like we're way more prepared this year, and uh, we'll be ready for it. Looking back, Riley, do you, what do you feel like could have possibly prepared you for what? Because, you know, you look at iRacing, for example, or, or you know, a sim game. I mean, you, you, there are certain aspects that you can certainly prepare for and learn and think about. But really, the only way to understand just how aggressive and how fast the race pace is in these races is to race them. So... I wonder if, looking back, you can identify something that might have helped you prepare better. Um, I don't. Um, I feel like it was more of a mental type of thing um, with the scheduling, um, getting everything ready. I do feel like the pace was different and all this stuff, but um, I feel like our racing helps you to um, a point. But it's just seat time, what they say. Right. Um, once you've done it once, then you 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 know what it takes. Um, to, to get it done and whatnot so I feel like just the experience of the year doing it for a year um, really helped us the most how important for you as a driver was Daytona because when we rolled in there a year ago this time you couldn't even race it because you weren't quite old enough yet yeah um, I just felt like I was happy to run Daytona just because we get to still on the same playing field as everybody else in the series whereas last year we started a we gave them a race head start, so this year we're on the same playing field, and uh, we're really excited. With that race head start, you still came back and had a, a really solid top five finish in the point standings. Was that a testament, you feel like, to just how strong your guys got by the end of last year, that you guys were able to, to come back and place so well in the point standings despite being in a hole? Uh, most definitely. It's, uh, it's a team sport. Um, I think you guys all know that, and that's just a testament to everybody at the shop getting the getting the cars ready, um, and just the guys setting up the cars week after week, and being being able to rebound after the um, hole we started in to finish in the top five and winning rookie of the year is is pretty uh, credible, if you ask me. Now you, I believe you've got Boogie Barker now heading up your operation. What's it been like to work with a guy like Boogie who has that much? success and experience at the top level of the sport uh it's incredible booty's an awesome guy um he's really helped our program a lot um our old uh crew chief now um shannon rush is still still heavily involved and in, uh helping our team go forward um he's moved to more of a of a manager position to help with uh, the younger uh, Ty Gibbs come up through the rank. So when he starts testing and stuff like that, but Booty's been a great add to this team, and I'm really looking forward to get to work with him. And uh, he's just a great guy, and I'm love working with him so far. Now, Daytona was wild. We've had that discussion on this show. You came out of it, uh, despite all the chaos, with a top 10 finish. But thinking back on it, how crazy from the driver's seat were those last few laps and the last couple restarts where we're all watching it from home and and thinking to ourselves, gosh, (laughs) this is going on. I mean, it it almost did go on all night. It it did. Um, It was a lot of fun. I... I really just wanted to get out there with the top 10 because um, we all know what can happen at Daytona. You could either, um, the seeds can part for you and you can win the race or you could be loaded up and headed home on lap one. So I felt if we left there with a top 10 finish, um, that's top 10 points. 
um, that most people can't get at Daytona because of the unfortunate events. So I feel like that was a crapshoot. It's underneath the belt top 10, and we're moving on to Nashville in April. You mentioned it's still a month, Riley, before you get to Nashville. And actually, uh, you are on the phone with us tonight because you headed home to Las Vegas. So how are you spending some of this off time uh, while, while you guys have got two months between Daytona and the first short track race of the year? Well, I uh, yeah, as you said, I'm back here at home in Las Vegas just uh, enjoying spending some time with, with family um, until our season truly starts and ramps up, and then it's 100% focused on uh, – on winning races and championships, but um, right now we're just I'm just having fun out here on the West Coast, enjoying some nice weather uh, with my family, but then uh, next week I'm headed back to Charlotte to get to work and start preparing for Nashville. And, you know, you talk about, you know, preparing for the season, Riley. You know, what tracks are you really uh, looking forward to this season, you know, coming off of, you know, last season and then Daytona? What tracks are you really looking forward to get under your belt here and, you know, really get an attack? Well, to be honest with you, I'm looking forward to all the tracks, but I'm really looking forward to these next uh, these next three races: just uh, Salem, uh, Salem, Nashville, and um, Talladega. Once we get those three under uh, under our belt in Toledo, once we get all of them under our belt, then it's um, then the pre-race seed and all that stuff is out of the way, and then uh, we'll see who the contenders are, whatever, and then we'll start digging through the summer months and into the fall. You mentioned uh, getting those three races under your belt, and then you've got to stretch Toledo, Charlotte, Pocono, Michigan, Madison, Gateway, Chicago, Iowa, Elko, Berlin, Pocono, 11 straight, basically, where there is no let-up. I mean, and, and that's even more grueling of a summer stretch than you guys had last year. You mentioned earlier having to learn how much of a grind that, uh, that it was during the summer stretch for ARCA, and I feel like that's really going to be put to the test this year. Yeah, and that's not even including our uh, testing schedule either, so... Um, with our yeah so we're going to be busy but uh, we're looking forward to it but that's right that like I said once we get those next three races under our belt and everything starts to calm down we'll we'll know what uh we'll know what we're up against and um what we're facing and who the true contenders are for everything and um we'll start planning our season out from there how important for a young driver like yourself, uh, NASCAR Next alum and, and a guy who's really trying to make his footprint in the sport, to have the support of a team like JGR and have Joe and JD and the Gibbs family behind you, how important is that for you as you go through this journey? Uh, it's tremendous. Um, just just to lean on people, um, the Gibbs family, everybody, uh, um, Mr. Gibbs, Coy, uh, JD, they've all they treated us as a fourth cup team, basically, and welcomed us with, welcomed us with open arms. But uh, with that being said, that just puts a lot of pressure on you, people, people saying stuff, and um, from people outside looking in. So we just have to perform, and we know that. But we're up to the challenge, and um, I, I can't thank the Gibbs organization enough for giving me this opportunity. It's a, it's a true honor. Do you know something we don't rally? Because I, I, I've counted the cup teams over there. I think there's already four. Do you have a scoop for us oh, that we need to know? Yes. I meant five. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. I thought maybe you were going to have a scoop the, for us. The, yeah. 
Yeah, we're in the Xfinity shop, and there's only three Xfinity teams. That's, so that's where his I got brain went. Fourth, yep, fourth Xfinity team. Fourth Xfinity team. There we go. There you go. Well, it, yeah, sorry about that. You <laughs> know, now I'll I'll throw this out here for you, Riley. When you look at the situation that you're in, I mean, you're basically on the ground floor in the ARCA program. You look around, there's Xfinity cars in your shop. There's some pretty fast trucks over there at KBM. And then you've got, obviously, the, the, the cup stable there. Can you believe, has it sort of sunk in the opportunity that's in front of you for literally potentially years to come? Uh, no, that's the, that's the coolest part. Um, everything, every single day I walk into the shop, I basically pinch myself. and Because if you've been in there just to win banners, you can as far as the eye can see. So all I tell myself is that I just have to keep performing and then uh, just take it one day at a time and try to climb that ladder. I'll segue right off of Tom's point to add that speaking of those KBM trucks, you have an opportunity, uh, courtesy of the association between JGR Toyota and KBM, to run a couple of truck races this season for Kyle Busch Motorsports. How excited are you for that? And uh, is there a particular place that you're running in the truck that you're really looking forward to? Uh, yeah, we. Uh, I got the opportunity to run um, two truck races for them. Uh, the first one will be in a uh, gateway in June. That will be a doubleheader with the Arca series. So it's going to be a busy weekend for me, but I'm really looking forward to it. And then the, uh, second one will be the fall Las Vegas race. So that's the one that I'm, um, super excited for, um, and anxious for in my hometown. And I'm, uh, uh, looking forward to it and the opportunity to come. Are you looking forward to getting back to Pocono, too, in the ARCA car? Because obviously you won there last June, and I can't help but think if strategy had fallen a little bit differently, you probably would have swept those two Pocono races coming up one spot short in the July race. Yeah, I mean, man, that place is awesome. But I have to say that that's, that is probably one of the hardest tracks I've been to. And um, everybody says, oh, you got to love it because you've – your average finish is one and a half there or whatnot, but I do love that track, and I've had pretty good success at it last season, but um, it is difficult. Um, you have to drive that thing every lap, and um, it's very difficult, and you just can't take Pocono for granted because it will um, it'll definitely bite you. I know you've got people to thank, Riley, uh, and we're going to give you a shot to do that before we let you scoot on out of here. Who makes it happen for Riley Herbst? Yeah, I honestly would not be uh, where I'm at without uh, everybody here back at home, Trevor Herbst and uh, North Energy Drink, and of course the uh, Joe Gibbs Racing Organization. Without them, I would not have the opportunity I have, and um, I just can't thank all those guys enough um, for what they do for me. Well, keep having fun out west, and uh, when you get back here on our coast, we're going to get you in this studio building. We keep talking about it, but uh, once you get home and get back working in the shop, we're going to make sure that happens. I'd love to. All right, that's Riley Herbst, and Bill's going to take us away to a commercial break. And when we return, the second half of tonight's Stock Car Show, presented by our fine friends at HMS Motorsport, you're listening to the Performance Motorsports Network, the voice of motorsports. 
You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444. Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Every 30 minutes, another innocent person is killed due to a drunk driver. My best friend. My brother. My poor grandchild. My sister. My father. My husband. My mom. <laughs> My mommy. Stop these tragedies before they happen. Don't drink and drive. The Performance Motorsports Network is a compilation of shows about motorsports. From technical to controversial to just fun, everything you like about racing and gearhead stuff is right here on one internet channel. The Performance Motorsports Network. Tell your friends about it. Hi, I'm Reed Sorensen. Racing has been a part of me and my family for as long as I can remember. I had to make tough choices early on to get to the top. It took hard work and dedication, but it's those tough choices that helped me prepare for challenges I would face as a cup driver. Make the right choices today and be ready for the challenges tomorrow. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Air Force. Hi, I'm Timmy Salamito, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. <laughs> Welcome back to the Stock Car Show, presented by the fine folks at HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsports safety. We will be live from HMS Motorsports Mooresville location, just about five minutes up the road from the studio that we sit in each week to do the show. We'll be live there next Thursday, one week from tonight, and we will have a Facebook Live safety seminar. So get ready for that, our first one of the year. I think there's going to be four. And, of course, uh, as you heard mentioned a couple of weeks ago, HMS Motorsports is teaming up with us to shoot a series of safety videos that uh, we'll actually begin shooting mid-next week. Our very own Chris Murdoch going to be handling the camera work for that and the editing. And uh, so we're looking forward to that. And again, if you've got a topic that you would like to know more about when it comes to racer safety, please feel free to go to either the PMN Radio Twitter or the at 3 Life Twitter and type the question and then type ask HMS as your hashtag. And um, we look forward to 
answering some of those questions as we go through this season. But uh, the the website where all of those videos will be housed is going to be called racersafetyresource.com. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Really looking forward to getting started with that project. We are going to be the most comprehensive site for racer safety uh, video and educational articles and such on the web. So going to be very uh going to be very cool looking forward to all of that as we start the second half of our show here tonight. I'm going to start with an around the table here and we're going to just kind of have a, a a little bit of a discussion about the first few weeks of the NASCAR season. We're kind of at one of those points where we're in the midst of the West Coast swing mm-hmm. but the trucks have their first break of the year. Um, and pretty soon we're going to give the Xfinity guys a break when the trucks come back at Martinsville. So mm-hmm. let's start on the cup side. And I'm going to hit Chris Murdoch first. Most pleasant surprise in the Monster Energy Cup Series so far in 2017, 2018. Sorry. Most pleasant surprise. Um, seeing Eric Almarola do well in the 10 car. Okay, why? Uh, Because that 10 car, uh, for lack of a better term, has been struggling uh, for the past few years. And Eric Almirola, I think, really found his place at Stuart Haas Racing. He's got a good group of guys and Clint, Kevin, Kurt to really learn and work off of. And he's really using it to uh, to his advantage and he's really doing a great job. Jacob, most pleasant surprise of 2018 in the Cup Series. Well, he went with the right manufacturer, but he went with the wrong driver. Most pleasant surprise for me so far is Paul Menard and the Wood Brothers, because we knew the Wood Brothers were not just overnight going to forget how to put good cars on the racetrack. But I sincerely had my doubts as to whether Paul Menard was going to be able to race to a similar caliber that Ryan Blaney did when he was in that car. And two top tens in the first three races of the year and an average finish barely outside the top ten, that, to me, makes me smile. He's in the thick of the points battle early in the season, and I do not see that changing anytime soon. I really don't. I think that like Eric Almirola, Paul Menard has really found a place where not not only is the right are the right puzzle pieces fitting together, but I feel like Paul is in a situation now where he doesn't have to worry so much about pulling the car along quite as much. No disrespect to Richard Childress Racing, but I just feel like when Paul was there, they were in a place where they were struggling as a team. And the Wood Brothers have been racing at a high level the last few years. So yeah, Menard in the 21 car. That's my most pleasant surprise so far. Okay, well, for me, the jury's still out on Menard and Almirola both, actually, to to this point. So we'll see where it goes. My most pleasant surprise, and this is as much about the off-track reaction as on-track performance. My most pleasant surprise, Bubba Wallace, clearly, in the Richard Petty Motorsports 43 for two reasons. Number one, I know that the necessarily on-track performance hasn't been consistent through the first three races, but I think that the overall reaction of the fans 
that I saw personally at Atlanta a couple of weeks ago, and I know it's been this way at all three of the tracks so far, the popularity and the intensity of which the fans are uh, really welcoming Bubba and supporting Mm -hmm. him, I think that he's a driver with an opportunity to really take the sport somewhere else, uh, you know, to to another level. Kevin Harvick agrees with me, and I think this is why I believe you'll start seeing more sponsors hopping on the 43's bandwagon here uh, before too long because Mm -hmm. I think they're going to discover that yes. Bubba is one of the most connectable and marketable personalities in the Cup Series. By the way, this would fall under the category of an unpleasant surprise, but can we all be reminded that through the first three races of the season, we live in a world where the playoff grid encompasses the top 16 drivers in points, and as of now, names like Alex Bowman, Ricky Stenhouse, Eric Jones, Chase Elliott... Jamie McMurray, Daniel Suarez, Casey Kane, and Jimmy Johnson are all not included in that group. Well, just saying. Yeah. <laughs> and we live in a world where Jimmy Johnson is 29th in points, which I don't think has ever happened ever. Well, and here again, I think you look at you got to look at all of those situations differently, I think. You know, you've got certain situations, for example, you look at Hendrick Motorsports as a whole, they're just not to the level where Hendrick Motorsports usually is. I mean, yeah, there are currently zero Hendrick cars in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, you know, Chase Elliott ran in the top 10 for much of last week and, and then and, got cleaned out by Kurt Busch. Well, yeah, I mean, ended up in a crash and he ran well at Atlanta, but. I mean, most of the the stable, now William Byron has just been having a real tough time making the adjustment, and I don't think it's William as much as it is, again, uh, the overall team is off. Um, you know, Alex Bowman, I would expect him, honestly, to contend at Phoenix this weekend. I really mm-hmm. do. I believe you will see that 88 car running up toward the front. Um, Jimmy Johnson is really an interesting case here because we talked about this in detail on Monday night. Mm -hmm. That team, when you you fail technical inspection three times Mm -hmm. prior to the race, I mean, something is bad wrong Mm -hmm. with what's going on over there in the 48 team. Well, I mean, Martin Truex had the same issue the week before. Yeah, I mean, yes, but, you know, again, Truex comes out and runs fast. Jimmy Johnson doesn't look good right now. They did recover for a, 12, for a 12th place finish. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that they had to really work their tails off for that. And I, I just don't know what's wrong. I, I, You know, again, if you're if you're putting me on the spot and asking me, do I think you see Jimmy Johnson in championship contention this year? No, I don't believe that you do. Now, I know one win gets you in the playoffs, and it's anybody's race from there. But I just don't see it. I, I That team is, is really mysteriously off the the mark um and and it's got to be frustrating to be jimmy and chad because neither of them woke up and bumped their head and suddenly forgot how to be a seven-time championship team but the depth of the competition is so thick right now Mm -hmm. if you're off a little you're off a lot by the way can we add Chris Murdoch to the pleasant surprise category just for his his performance last week. 
McDriver, Michael McDowell in the front row motorsports car. I mean, that team is showing little signs that they're taking a small step forward and even a surprisingly good performance on the downforce track. He is really opening up the season strong, but just to go back to what you said about Jimmy Johnson, you also got to think, we're all hyping up that he he's in a drought and he's in a drought and he can't win races at this moment. He can't put together a race. But I think that just goes to the fact that he's been so successful in the sport. Once the driver sure. starts to, to fall off a little bit, I mean, everybody just thinks it's the end of the world. He's done. Uh, I don't think done. that at all. I think he'll I, I think he'll eventually figure out what what's going on with the mojo. Maybe him and Chad aren't connecting well, or maybe the car is just not that good right now. But I, I feel like he'll bounce back. See, I mean, he normally see, always does, and that's what's made him a seven-time champion. See, I said this on Monday. I, this is not, to me, this is not Jimmy Johnson falling off. I don't think Jimmy Johnson has fallen off at all. I don't think this is a Jimmy Johnson thing. I think this is a team thing. I think this is a race car thing. Jimmy Johnson's not getting cars that can go to the front and win. The the difference is that that team for years has been the team that basically sets the bar for everybody else in the sport to catch. And it's been remarkably consistent from the middle of last season until this moment. That team is trying to learn how to play from behind and how to get back to that level And again, I don't want to make just the 48 team. Hendrick Motorsports as a whole is not there. So it's it's certainly, this is a really intriguing situation right now and one that we have not seen before from Hendrick as a whole. There's always been at least one of the cars that's been super competitive. This is the first time I think we've seen, it looks like all of them are basically struggling to different degrees at this point with Chase Elliott maybe being the slight exception. Okay, so in all that discussion, right before we go to break, let's just add that all of this, and yet nobody's talking about the guy who's leading the points, which would be Double Goose Joey Logano. Just saying. Well, and see, there's a case of where Joey has been quietly consistent. Very quietly consistent. Average finish 5.7, only driver to finish in the top 10 in every race, and one of only two drivers alongside his teammate Ryan Blaney to complete every lap so far this season. Speaking of every lap, Kevin Harvick has led 49.4% of the laps this year. So... (laughs) Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> We're going to go to break. We need to. When we come back, uh, we got is it a Tony late model Allen? guy, Tony Stevens. Tony Stevens going to join <laughs> us from the Cars Tour to talk about their big show coming up this weekend at Tri-County. Right around the turn, you're listening to the Stock Cars Show live from the Race City USA PMN Studios and presented by HMS Motorsport right here on the Performance Motorsports Network. How to be a great dad in 15 seconds. Bike ride, go fish, walk in the park, phone call, milkshake, play catch, picnic, fly a kite, tell jokes, laugh, talk, read a story, tell a story, bumper car, swing set, bowling, pillow fight, cut loose, stay tight. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. 
if you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today. 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes on Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. How to deal with someone who says that's so gay. Outsmart them. This party is, like, so gay. Totally. Excuse me, but did you ladies know the word gay used to mean happy or excited? Then it became a word used to describe gay people. Then somehow it came to mean dumb or stupid, which is how you just used it, which is not very nice. Ew, that guy is on the football team and super smart, and he totally hates us now. Totally. When you say that's so gay, do you realize what you say? Knock it off. Learn more at thinkbeforeyouspeak.com. Hi, I'm Brandon McReynolds, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. Metallica, welcome back to the Stock Car Show, presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can, and you should, visit them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com and come see us live from HMS Motorsport one week from tonight, next Thursday. That would be March the 15th at their Mooresville location. Joining us via the Race Chaser hotline is Tony Stevens, the voice of the Cars Tour. And Tony, y'all have got a pretty big deal going on at Tri-County this weekend that uh, a lot of people are talking about. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's probably, I would say, one of the biggest races as far as buzz is concerned since yeah. we launched the Cars Tour uh, three years ago at Southern National. This thing has got the racing, short track racing world turned on its ear, and there are a lot of people uh, talking about this and paying attention to what's going on in Hudson this weekend. Give us uh, the details of uh, what the race consists of and all of that. A little different for the Cars Tour this year because it's always it's been, for the last few seasons, a combined tour that runs a super late model night of racing and a late model stock night of racing super late models kind of taking a bit of a back seat this year on the cars tour so this focusing on the late model stocks talk about what's going on at tri-county this weekend well like you mentioned we kind of have we haven't done away with this with the dual division format we've tweaked right. it so there's i think i think it's like eight or nine races we'll continue to have supers and late model stocks running together but on a few select occasions, we are going to highlight the late model stock cars, and this is going to be one of them. And this track last year produced one heck of a finish uh, with late model stock cars. It's probably one of the best finishes I've ever seen in, in short track racing period where Josh Berry 
and Garrett Campbell somehow kept from crashing themselves and everybody else and, and raced themselves to the line about three wide. But this weekend, so we've got late mile stock cars for a 150-lap feature. Um, it's segmented up to allow teams to have basically a chance to, to put strategy into it. Um, and on top of that, we are running a 75-lap limited late model race. But the late model stock race is a 10,000-to-win event, and that obviously has gotten a lot of attention from some of the big names. Uh, the entry list is just packed with names people recognize from Josh Berry and Sam Mayer and Ty Gibbs and guys like that who are part of the Touring 12 to one-off guys who we don't see all the time, like Timothy Peters, Matt Bowling, Lee Pulliam. Uh, so a lot of big names coming out. There's 36 cars that had pre-entered the event, and we're only starting 28. And I've gone down the list with multiple people and said, if eight cars are going to miss this show, who are they going to be? And you can't pick out who they're going to be. There are going to be a couple of big names, a couple of really good cars that are more than likely going to be on the outside looking in after time trials on Saturday. And that in itself is a big deal because it doesn't happen very often. You mentioned the Touring 12. For those in our audience not real familiar with the Cars Tour, tell us what that is. It is a brand new program, the Touring 12 is, that we've just started this season. Essentially, it's been modeled after the World of Outlaws programs where they have um, a certain amount of drivers and teams that follow that series and they get rewarded through sponsors and loyalty bonuses and things like that to help bring the outlaws to town over their, what, 70, 80 race schedule over the course of the year. So we've adopted that same exact concept and said, all right, who are the guys in this first year, because we've got to have a way to start it, who are the teams that uh, we think as a series can help benefit us, and who do we think are these teams that we can help benefit, you know, for them as teams and drivers? It's a mutual relationship to where these touring 12 drivers, uh, from a competitor standpoint, they have guarantees that that they have, whether it be uh, compensation for starting the race, whether it be merchandise lines that, the tour is paying for that they'll be you know they'll get a kickback on uh whether it be things like that and then on the flip side we as a series get things such as we know these 12 drivers are going to be guaranteed to run our tour and we can really push them and promote them and begin to have some some sort of consistency in short track racing because one of the things a lot of us have identified is a problem with asphalt short track racing especially in the eastern seaboard is there is no consistency as soon as a kid jumps up and, and runs a late model a year later somebody's picked him up in an arc car and a sure. truck and boom next thing you know they vanished so this is a way for us to help create uh, an identity with the fan base to help build these drivers up and there's a couple of drivers that are probably going to be moving up a ty gibbs or a sam mayor you know in two three four years they'll be arca racing or truck racing or whatever and that's fine but there'll be a lot of drivers like the Ronald Hills and the Charlie Watsons and possibly even Josh Berry. I mean, Josh has made his own name, but it seems like they just can never find the money to give him an Infinity car. Yeah. But you've got guys like that who will be around and are veterans of short track racing that uh, can draw a fan base and have a big fan base that people need to understand. These are the veterans. These are the guys who will be in here every week fighting for these wins. So it, it works in a lot of fronts, but ultimately it helps with one of the biggest problems uh, with short track racing being that identity crisis, so to speak, that series run into year after year. I look at this event, and you mentioned 
basically right off the top, Tony, about this being a 10,000 to win event for the late model stock cars. First, I asked myself when the last time was that we even had an event in this part of the country that big for the late model stock crowd, at least from a touring series standpoint. And then I stop and think to myself, well, there's one other announcement you guys made during the recent media day that really uh, helps push this a little bit more, and that's the fact that the Cars Tour has a brand new title sponsor for 2018. We do have a brand new title sponsor, and, and to jump off course a little bit, the last uh, 10,000 win late mile stock race in this region was actually back in October at Ace Speedway, the Rodney Cook Memorial, or uh-huh. Rodney Cook Classic, I'm sorry, uh, which, strangely enough, we also covered live on Pit Row TV, and we'll have the Cars Tour this weekend, too. We'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, but yeah, you mentioned the uh, the Response Energy Group coming on board with their product, and yeah, that's been something that I know Chris and, and Jack have been working on for a couple of months, and finally all the details got hammered out, and was announced last weekend that uh, we do have a title sponsor in Response Energy, and that's a big deal, because quite frankly, a lot of series now are struggling to find the value for sponsors, for drivers, for teams, to where somebody wants to make that kind of investment, and they feel it can benefit their business, and uh, Response Energy stepped up. They're they're not out of the Carolinas. Their product is in stores in the Carolinas, but they're actually based in West Virginia of all places. And they found they said we want to expand in this region, and this is how we want to do it. So they've got all the activation programs set up. There's a lot of things going to be happening this year uh, surrounding the Cars Tour and uh, Response Energy and their products in grocery stores, convenience stores, things like that. And the, the big note I think that people need to take note of is. This is not a performance-based company. Uh, Nothing against CRA with uh, the JEGS involvement, because JEGS is a great company, and they've got sponsorship on a couple of their series, and, you know, VP Fuels we've had on the Super Late Mile Tour the last couple of years, and and companies like that. Nothing against them by any means. They're great partners. But it says a lot to get a non-performance-based company involved to where they say, look, there is value here. There is something we can use to build our business and build our brand, and I think that's bigger than anything out of the whole deal is that companies are paying attention to what the car store has going on and drivers are starting to realize that too i mean again we've got a massive entry list this weekend we've announced a brand new sponsor for the series we've got big paying races we have loyalty programs for the touring 12 and for other drivers uh that aren't part of the touring 12 i mean there's a lot of things going on and i think uh, a lot of people from various aspects are really paying attention to that and there's there's a lot of good stuff going on, Tony, and like you just mentioned, going on. How excited are you for this 2018 season? Not only from a, a racing and performance aspect, but as you know, the series as a whole. How excited are you in the direction that the, the Cars Tour is going? Very, very, very stoked. Um, I know the last couple of years we've tried some different things to try to help uh, build that energy, and, and some worked, some didn't. We tried them. You have to try them to see if they work. And um, sure. every so often, everybody in this industry does get a little bit burnt out, uh, and they just do the same thing. They do the same thing over and over, and that's just kind of what they've known. And, and I think by spicing this up and doing a lot of the things that Chris and Jack have done, they've really been able to help revitalize that energy. There's still a lot of passionate race fans out there that want to see good racing, that want to see names they know. They want to see big fields of cars running for prestige and seeing the same guys week after week and build, seeing those rivalries develop. But, you know, every so often you just go, okay, well, it's whatever. And so I think me and everybody else included, uh, 
we're all really, really stoked to see how this year plays out. We've got so many big shows paying $10,000 to win or more in some cases uh, between the Supers, the late model stocks. I mean, there's some other things we're working on behind the scenes, and it's it really is a good time to be involved with the Cars Tour. And, and I think it just says a lot about what the guys in the office have done to help build that. Everybody for years has said, well, you know, short track racing is not going to get back to where it once was. It's not going to be this. It's not going to be that. And, you know, yeah, it'll never be exactly the same as maybe what it was here or there, but it can be better and it can be more relevant in the times uh, than what, you know, if you take a 1980s ASA, it's not going to live today in the 20 teens uh, compared to what it needs to. So Chris and Jack and guys have been able to take it, make it relevant, make it 21st century-esque, if you will, and try to get building it back up to where this is this is what everybody dreams of, right? This is what everybody wants to be a part of, and we're making it happen. We're not sitting on a message board somewhere like so many keyboard commandos do say, you do this, you can do that. They're putting their money where their mouth is, and they're making it happen. Some of those ideas work. Some of them didn't work in the past, but we had to try them, and vast majority of what they've tried have worked. Everybody's excited. The drivers, the teams are behind it. The fans are behind it. I mean, this, is, this is certainly something really cool. I'm excited about it. Uh, Tom, I know I can't make it to the track this weekend, but I do know I will be very, very closely paying attention via Cars Tour TV and Pit Row TV if you can't make it to Tri-County. Watch, 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 watch. Exactly. And I think Tony just just approached the record for the longest rant without a breath on this radio show. And (laughs) I'm impressed for your first time here, Tony. You proved worthy. Well, I appreciate it. They always said I'm full of hot air, and I guess I'm going to my on Saturdays anyway. Uh, but well, to Jacob's point, real quick, if I can. Go ahead. Yes, watch the race live on Cars Tour TV. If you've never uh, seen one of the Cars Tour races, I highly recommend you do it. Uh, of course, Pit Row Media is the company behind the, the production. That's my company, so we do all the production with that and put it all together. And, and you can expect uh, uh, TV-quality broadcast. You're going to have multiple cameras, replays. Uh, you're going to have your scoring on top of the screen, all the stuff you've come to expect from a, a Cup Series-type broadcast. You're going to have it uh, in a scaled-down version, so to speak, but it'll be just like watching one of those. We've got a, a Roku player available if you'd rather watch it on your Roku. Uh, all kinds of means. It's Apple TV-friendly as far as the casting feature, Google uh, Chromecast-friendly, uh, and all you got to do is go to carstour.tv, and it'll take you right through it. It's really easy to set up. The Roku instructions are on there. Uh, but yeah, it's it's all it's it's the Netflix model basically. So uh, everybody has that monthly subscription on Netflix. It seems like now we've got the same thing with Cars Tour TV. So one low monthly subscription, you can watch not only the live events, but you can watch all the on-demand library from past events last year, years before, whatever. And of course, like I said, you get the live events included, and it's all for one low monthly uh, price. So certainly encourage anybody if they like short track racing to uh, add that to their to their entertainment list of stuff that they uh, are part of every single month. Okay, you're over the limit for free promotion now, Tony. We're cutting you off. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I, I might add that Tony is a brave man because he's hired our very own Cisco Scaramuza to punch buttons for him this weekend. So uh, we're definitely looking forward to seeing how that turns out. And uh, thanks, Tony. We appreciate it. I have backups it. in place, by the way. That's, a, that's, a, out of the that's a good call. We'll, uh, we'll look forward to talking with you again real soon. Good luck this weekend, Tony. And that is Tony Stevens, the voice of the Cars Tour. Big race this weekend at Tri-County. 
County out in Hudson, North Carolina. If you're anywhere near the area, make sure you get out there on Saturday and check that out. If you can't, Cars Tour uh, TV is the place to watch. We step aside now. When we come back, we, we continue our discussion as we welcome Alan Dietz from the Pro All-Star Series Pass South Tour to talk about what they got going on. You're listening to the Stock Car Show. Presented by HMS Motorsport on the Performance Motorsports Network. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speeds, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control, and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes on Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves the majority of Monster Energy NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, Camping World Truck, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert Helmets, Schroep Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on only one thing, making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina and Danvers, Massachusetts, the HMS staff is always ready to take the time to help you find the right product for your safety needs. Don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop in to HMS Motorsport. Visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com or send them a message on Facebook and tell them the folks from PMN Radio sent you. Hi, this is John Andrasik of Five for Fighting, here for RAD the entertainment industry's voice for road safety. You know, style is a personal thing, and your lifestyle is your business. But if you take it on the road, it becomes everybody's business. So please, plan ahead, designate before you celebrate. Friends, don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Cole Custer, and you're listening to the Performance Motorsports Network, the voice of motorsports. Cole did a really nice job for his first start in the Cup Series, I thought. Top 25, I believe. Yeah, I think he did end up in the top 25. 
and uh, hope to see some more out of uh, him in the Cup Series this year, at least one or two more times maybe. But we'll see. We'll Possibly. see how that uh, works out. I do know he's going to be a serious contender for the Xfinity Championship this year and really excited yeah. about that. Hey, I have news. You do? I do. Okay. So, the scheduled Pro All-Star Series South Super Late Model Race that was going to be on Sunday. Canceled like a stamp. Not canceled. Oh. Postponed. Well, okay. Sorry. Postponed, postponed. does not equal canceled. That's true. It doesn't. Now, let me, let me rephrase. Not happening Sunday. It's happening a week from Sunday. Okay. March 18th. And that's, uh, we're going to talk to, hopefully, Alan Dietz about that um, before the program ends here this evening. And that's a show that was a, or is scheduled to be a double header with the Modifieds. Yes. <laughs> and I, I've got to believe that uh, somewhere within five minutes of the announcement of the postponement, Cody Connor just broke down and started crying. Oh, I he know. just can't wait to get out there in the Modifieds. Right. Hey, can I can I talk about what I'm excited about from the Super Lay models, though? Okay. I can? Yeah. Yes. Only for a minute, though. Oh, but what if I want to go longer than a minute? I'm cutting you off. Go ahead. <sighs> You're on the clock. You're mean. I know. The pavement racing debut of one of our, I won't say most heralded, but most entertaining, certainly, guests on this show, Max McLaughlin driving for Woodman Racing. Was going to be Sunday now. It's next Sunday. It's still great, though. I can. I, I changed my mind. You can go longer in a minute. Um, yeah, it's good, it, it, it's good to have Max joining the uh, ranks of stock car racer. And he's going to be doing some truck starts, too, with uh, Full. Nice Motorsports. Full. Yeah, four starts this year in the truck series. So, look, I mean, for, for those who don't know, Max McLaughlin, the son of Magic Shoes, Mike McLaughlin, and, yes. you know, again, this, to me, was something that was always going to happen. It was just a question of when and how and kind of in what order, you know. So he makes his debut in a past super late model. Then he's going to make his debut in a truck. I mean, you know, Max certainly has shown to be extremely talented and have the ability to adapt very quickly to anything he gets into. Mm-hmm. So I don't see any reason why. I'm sure he's been testing. Yeah. I don't see any reason why he would not jump in that car and go out and you know be, be pretty good. competitive right off the bat. Um, Max McLaughlin, competitive right off the bat. We are talking about the same kid that has contended for wins in pretty much every car he's ever set. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, he's he's extremely adaptable, and he learns very quickly. And he's the the key is too is he's always gotten into good equipment. Yes, and that really makes a difference. So you know, I see this being a very good debut for Max, and Mm -hmm. I'm sure the goal is going to be just to to log laps and Mm -hmm. you know and and learn. But I have no doubt that he would be somewhere in you know the top five or better if the car is up to it by the end of the race. You know, these past races tend to be a little bit of survival races. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, Max is a driver who doesn't make a lot of mistakes. No, he and I doesn't. that's really the key is he's, you know, he's he's very consistent. He's very smart. And, you know, he's not a driver who makes a lot of silly mistakes. He doesn't put his car at risk. Mm-hmm. 
you know, like some other drivers tend to do. So I think he'll be just fine. And that's a big deal for uh, the past South race to have him. Yeah, that's a big deal to have him in the field. Now, let's talk about the Palindrome twins for a moment. Because we would appear to have, for the third consecutive year in this past South Super Late Model Series, a battle between the 45 and the 54. Because you have Cody Connor versus Matt Craig. We had Cody in here a couple of weeks ago, and he's finished second to Matt Craig the last two years, and he really, 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 really wants to change that. Yeah. Um, you know, Cody's due. Yeah, I, he really Cody's is. Cody's just due. And I love that Cody's getting into the modified. Ordinarily, I would question whether or not that distracts from your normal effort in the car you're trying to win a championship in. But I think in this case... In Cody's situation, it probably helps him as much as it hurts him. Um, you know, I think seat time for him right now, people forget he's still young. I mean, it seems 17. like he's, yeah, he, it seems like he's been around longer than, you know, than that um, because he started racing in pass in the pro late model division at such a young age and has won a championship in the pro mm-hmm. late models, which are no longer uh, a, a part thing. of the pass tour. But he's he's been so close in the super, and I think... Right now is probably the best opportunity that he's had mm-hmm. to go out and win a championship. I would agree. And, you know, I think he's got a, he's got some extra motivation this year. And, again, the older he gets, the more sort of mature racing-wise that he gets. So, right. you know, I could easily see Cody go out, going out and winning this race, and I could see him running for the championship and winning it this season for sure. I hope so. And that's no disrespect to Matt Craig, who's won the last two either. But like you said, I feel like Cody really is due. And this is just a scenario where I feel like this is the year where if he's going to do it, he's going to go out and grab it by the throat. When we had him in here, you could just tell he is so amped up and so just ready to, to get going and do this thing. And I think he's a bit motivated after finishing pretty solid with no power steering we might add during the season opening race at Dillon Motor Speedway last month the race that was dominated by the northern contingent but Cody was the highest finishing of the south drivers in that race and I think that there is a lot to uh, take away from that and a lot to be said for the job he did well yeah and certainly you know, Cody knows these tracks down here, so I'm not at all surprised by that. Um, I continue to be surprised that the northern drivers are able to come down and do what they do a lot of times against these southern guys. Not to say that they're not talented, because there are a ton of talented racers up north. Some of the best in, well, they call them pro stocks up there, mm-hmm. but uh, some of the best in super late models in the country yep. up north. But when you come down into somebody else's territory who runs these tracks on a regular basis, you pretty much, you know, put a hurt on them and knock them back a few pegs. That says a lot about mm-hmm. the, the overall talent level that exists within the past tour combined. Mm-hmm. And so certainly when you run these races, you get this sort of cross pollination. Right. And Cody's a driver that's gone up North a few times. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah, this yeah, is he definitely ran for a, the uh, past national title right a year ago i think yeah yeah so this is definitely a 
uh, going to be a very interesting season. It's a bit of a reduced schedule in terms of the number of races, but Eight I races think that's going races. to make yeah. – yeah, I think that's going to make each race better on the past South Tour this year. So I really honestly think sometimes less is more. Yes. And I think in this case, that's what you're going to see is more competition and better racing because – these guys can focus on less starts, and you know you're going to just see a better quality of race all the way through each time out. With that, we're going to step aside. When we come back, it is time for our lightning round here on the Stock Car Show. You are listening to the show presented by HMS Motorsport right here on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. Here at Lewis Meineke, we're more than just your average car care center. Hey, it's Dave, your neighbor from Lewis Meineke. Whether you need an oil change, brakes, tires, or anything under the hood, we've got you covered. Take advantage of our free check engine light service as well. Yes, free. And don't forget about our free shuttle service. Never stress, we'll take care of the rest. On with life. Give us a call at Lewis Meineke, 302-827-2054. Every 30 minutes, another innocent person is killed due to a drunk driver. My best friend. My brother. My poor grandchild. My sister. My father. My husband. My mom. <laughs> My mommy. Stop these tragedies before they happen. Don't drink and drive. Do you love the sound of high revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels, new to intermediate, to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council. I'm Dalton Sargent, and you're listening to Race Talk on Performance Motorsports Network. 
Welcome back to the Stock Car Show here on the Performance Motorsports Network. Presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. And again, I remind you, we will be live on location at HMS Motorsport here in Mooresville next Thursday, one week from tonight, March the 15th. Come out and say howdy and um, check out everything they've got at uh, their location here in Mooresville. And we're going to do a uh, safety seminar live from HMS Motorsports on Facebook Live next Thursday. So that should be fun and look forward to uh, that as well. So with that, we turn our attention to the lightning round. And this round traditionally consists of around the table discussion topics. Jacob, you are really, really anxious to jump in here. I know what it usually consists of, but the Twitterverse has offered us this Uh discussion topic before we get into the whole around the table bit. I love improvisation. This from NASCAR on Reddit. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. The CEO of Earthwater has admitted via LinkedIn that the company is not paying for sponsorship on the number 23, only providing the team, BK Racing, with free water. This would mean that they have no paying sponsors through the first four races of the season. Bum, bum, bum. I I don't know... See, for me, I, I don't even, I don't, I don't have any reason to discuss this, to be honest. I, it's a bummer. <laughs> well, yeah, it's a bummer for the team. I mean, but, but I, at this point, you know, BK is, they've got so many issues surrounding that, that whole situation over there that it's not surprising that they're basically getting free advertising. You, you want to have something on the car. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want to to look like you're unsponsored, but that's sort of one of those situations where I'm a little surprised, honestly, that uh, that would be admitted. I don't know why anyone felt the need to put that out in public. Much less the CEO of the company. Yeah. I mean, I I just, I found it so interesting that he actually freely put it out there that I thought I would at least bring it up. Yeah. (laughs) You know, that's it. That whole situation for me is just... It's frustrating to watch because, you know, it just seems like it's been going on forever. And, you know, that that kind of drama for me is not good for the sport. Um, You know, you want to talk about things that are more positive. So, you know, or at least things that kind of matter more at this point. I Mm. mean, in in my mind. But, uh, you know, I guess that's good for the folks at Earthwater that you get. You know, you get free advertisement on a race car in exchange for product. So that's uh, it's yeah. not a bad thing. Back to our regularly scheduled lightning round. Yeah, back to our regularly scheduled lightning round. And as we kick off the lightning round, I'm actually going to back up for just a second and get right out of the traditional stock car show realm. Because we had an announcement that was made officially official in the IndyCar ranks this week. Oh, you mean that thing that we knew a month ago that because thing Danica that we knew let slip ago. something because, that she should, yeah, shouldn't have Danica let slip? Danica went uh, out of her usual zip-the-lip mentality and unzipped the lip and accidentally gave it away a couple weeks ago. But Oops. Danica Patrick will be racing in the Indy 500 for Ed Carpenter Racing. And thus, 
I start with Chris Murdoch. Chances of Danica Patrick winning this year's Indy 500, her final start in a major motorsports event, supposedly, at least for now. And this is on a scale of 0 to 100% chances of Danica Patrick winning her final Indy 500 start. 75, because um, it's a good car. I mean, it's no stranger that it's a good car, uh, especially at Indy, and uh, I think think she'll do good. She has got a better chance than she did at Daytona, I mean. 75%. Jacob, since Murdoch is basically ready to buy the Danica Patrick Indy 500 champion t-shirt already, uh, what say that you? Not true. He did say that there is not a hundred percent chance. I'll just throw that. But out. seventy-five I'm, 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 is I'm more than fifty. Just because of the car puts her in the upper echelon here. Well, do you agree? You know what? You you used the words upper echelon, and I like those words. Here's why. In seven prior Indianapolis 500 starts, she has started in the top 10 five times, and she has finished in the top 10 in every one of them except for 2008, including a podium run in 2009 and a race in 06 that she, yeah, she had a 05 and 06 both times. She had good shots to win those two starts. I'm not quite as brave in the numbers department as Murdoch is, but I agree that she's in the upper echelon of drivers that can win this race. I say 55. I say 55. I give her a little better than 50-50 shot. Listen, Ed Carpenter Racing has put a car on the pole twice, and they consistently put cars on the racetrack that can win the Indianapolis 500. I believe she, if she doesn't get collected in somebody else's mess, she will have a shot. Wow. I, I, I don't even know. I Look, I, you guys are, I'll just go ahead and be the, Debbie Danica Downer here of the bunch then because I'm saying 25 and and it's pretty simple for me she hasn't run an Indy car in several years she's never raced this particular chassis and the last time she was racing Indy car full-time there wasn't nearly or weren't nearly as many drivers and teams who could win this race as there are now, I, no more than 25%. I think she'll be fast. And, you know, she may run in the front pack. She's not going to win the Indy 500. It just is not going to happen. It, 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 just, there, it just isn't. Okay. Just isn't. Sorry. I'm going to remind you, by the way, that you said the exact same thing a year ago about Fernando Alonso. And no, I up- did not. 
You go find you go find any audio where I said that. I said the opposite. I was the one saying that I thought Fernando had a, a three and four chance to win the Indy five hundred right out of the box. No. You no. go back and look up audio from this show. There was absolutely no negativity on my part for Fernando Alonso. Not at all. I believed in Fernando from the start because he's a world-class driver. Right, Danica then, Patrick is not a world-class racer. Well. Sorry. That's your opinion. Well, However, look at, all you got to do is look at the 10 car this year versus the 10 car the last two or three seasons. I'm okay, sorry. Hey, okay. I'm not going to buy the fact that there's a, any comparison between Danica, Danica Patrick, Patrick and Fernando Alonso. may not be a world-class racer, but I stand by what I've said about her all the way from the very beginning, that she is an open wheel racer i don't believe her lack of i will success give you in the open wheel cars, racer her lack of success in stock cars says nothing about driving an indy car i've believed from the beginning that part of her struggles in stock cars were because she could never adapt her driving style from what she was used to in the open wheel cars Listen, to what she needed to to be successful in which, a stock which car. tells you about her overall skill set as a racer. Now, I understand she's been fast at Indy, and I said I fully expect her to be fast again. There's a big difference between being fast from a speed standpoint and being able to race for the win at the end of the 500 miles, and I am not buying that Danica Patrick in one shot. Now, if she'd, if she'd started she's gonna the season... Have, she's going to have the exact same amount of testing, if not more than... What Fernando had a year ago, she's already You're going to have had a full test session at Indianapolis coming up later this month. You're still comparing her to Fernando Alonso, and I'm telling you, that is an apple and a couch cushion. <laughs> there, there's, there's no comparison between the two of them. Wow. There's not wow. Even, there's, they're not <laughs> even close. Danica Patrick doesn't have nearly the talent that Fernando Alonso has. Now, listen, Danica fans, I'm not trying to be over the top here, and I'm not trying to even really disrespect Danica. I just don't believe you get into an Indy car after being away from it with a brand new chassis to you, and I know we have a lot of test time. She's not going to race for the win at the end of the race. I'm just not buying Wow. She's done. 25%. She, she's raced for the win at the end of every Indianapolis 500 that she has had a chance to I will to say it again. The there, it, there has been not nearly the level or the depth of competitive race cars in any of those previous 500 starts she had as what there is now. There's more equality in the Indy 500 field this year than I think there's may have ever been, certainly in the last... 10, 15 years. I can go back and look at any of those fields from 05 to 11 and completely disagree with you, but that's an argument for another show. Well, that's fair enough. I mean, that's what we do here, right? Do you, <laughs> do, do you have disagree. anything else to get to in this lightning round? Sure, I'll throw another one out real okay. quick before we go any farther and, and wind up this show. Here's another question for you. We're going to Phoenix this weekend. Chances that anyone in the Cup Series field beats Kevin Harvick at Phoenix. This weekend, Chris. Um, I say there's a good chance uh, that somebody else beats Kevin Harvick. Uh, I I think it will. I, I think it'll be a, a Ford. Um, maybe Ryan Blaney. <laughs> I like your choice of the Fords if you're going to pick one, Jacob. All right, my answer is contingent on 
them bringing a legal car to the racetrack. <laughs> Sorry, Rodney. Would that be true of anyone? <laughs> but oh, e- you're saying zero. Even with even with a legal car, I only give the entire field a one percent chance. Phoenix wow. is Kevin Harvick's house. Last year they struggled, but Ford as a whole was off their game. This year they are on it. I'm going to say 60% chance. 